Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I'm Tammy. I'm Michelle. I'm Gracie. And a hug is a gesture intended to convey a sense of care and support, safety, intimacy, and affection. And even though we can't wrap our arms around you, we want you to consider yourself hugged. Hi, Michelle. Hi, sorry I'm late. <laughs> That's okay. I was just, we procrastinated just long enough for you to get here. So oh. I guess we were talking about minions. So, yes, <laughs> I like minions. See, there <laughs> we go. We all love minions. Well, Michelle, meet Christina. Hi, Hi Christina. Hi, thanks for having me, you guys. Well, we don't want to be, we want to be respectful of your time. So, Michelle, as much as we'd love to hear all about your day, was your dentist appointment okay? It was good. I got an idea for New York City. It was good. What? <laughs> The lady's favorite, my hygienist's favorite place on earth is New York City. When you go to New York. Okay. I was yes. like, how did you get an idea from New York City from your dentist? Okay. <laughs> and then I was thinking maybe that was a private story that you didn't want people to know you'd gone to the dentist. So. No, okay. no. That's funny. I don't okay. It's a code. good thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, funny. we are super excited to have like the, we've had, you know, our few guests lately, but we haven't been able to coordinate having all of us together. So Christina, I don't know if you feel honored or overwhelmed that all of us <laughs> are here with you today, but we have Christina Woods with us today of Wise Woods Hypnotherapy and Coaching. So I'm going to read her bio and try to do it really well. I'm glad that you all said the word Reiki and now I know how to pronounce it. So Let's talk a little bit about Christina and hear her story and what she has to help us. So Christina is a licensed rapid transformational therapist, clinical hyp hypnotherapist, empowerment coach, and Reiki master. She combines her background in corporate leadership along with her life experiences in dealing with trauma and abandonment to empower other women to trust their intuition and set themselves free of self-doubt. I love that. As the CEO and founder of Wise Woods Hypnotherapy and Coaching, Christina has extensive experience working on complex challenges and pulling potential out of others so that they can become self-reliant individuals. Through this deep hypnotherapy and coaching work, she empowers women to shed old programming so they can live the life they deserve. She has been honing her intuition and spiritual energy practice throughout her entire life. And it is this experience, knowledge, and wisdom that she brings to every client during every session. Christina wants everyone to stop looking outside for what they want and instead look inside themselves. She helps people step into their true authentic self, free of self-sabotaging behavior, so they can live a life of full, deep meaning and potential. I know I butchered a little bit, but I tried my very best. <laughs> Welcome, Christina. We're so glad to have you here. Oh, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Yes. And you have so much just in that short bio. I mean, maybe would you mind just starting by telling us a little bit about your story? You know, kind of what brought you to this place where you wanted to be a hypnotherapy coach and therapist? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah I'd love that. Thank you. So yeah, this is my second career. I, um, wow. I had a 30-year corporate career before this in the higher education space in sales and marketing. So wow. when to do this, uh, when I first started doing it, my kids said, oh my gosh, mom, are you going to be like the guy at the fair, you know, making people act like a chicken or something, oh, but, no. you know, this, <laughs> um, having, having the opportunity to, to grow and evolve and change, and then just completely change careers 
and really be heart-centered and do something you love. It's just one of those things I kind of blink my eyes sometimes and say, all right, wow, you know, 10 years ago, my life looks so incredibly different. Five years ago, it looks so different. But I, I grew up the oldest of four children, single mom, and was just given a lot of responsibility at a very, very young age. And like many people grew up very, just a, a lot of chaos, a lot of stress. There was a lot of trauma that I was really just buried until I was almost 50 years old. I, I thought I buried it, but really didn't really allow it to bubble up until almost 50 years old. Wait, I'm sorry. Are, are you saying you're almost 50 years old? <laughs> I'm almost 55 in a month. I'm really. <laughs> wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking like 38. Oh, well, now you guys are my favorite podcast host. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I agree completely. Yes, we try, right? We try. try. Um, So it wasn't until you were almost 50 that you began to start like delving into all of this? Healing the onion back. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I grew up feeling very ashamed, embarrassed of my family. We didn't have a lot um, like I said, I had a lot of responsibility. So my my own needs were never really in the forefront. So I had a lot of, I'm not good enough. I feel less than. And what I did was I just became the good girl with the good grades, go to college, you know, and, and paid my own way, did really well, sought validation from the outside, had the good job, got promoted. I thought, okay, well, this works. I'm getting a lot of validation. I got married. I had the picket fence, the dog, you know, a couple of kids. And about 25 years into my marriage, things started to really fall apart. My health fell apart. Anxiety for me was really just skyrocketed. So here I was, you know, after being married 25 years, had a lot of anxiety, health problems, my kids are going away to college and my whole life started to unravel. Work was very, very stressful. And I thought, what, what is going on? I spend too much. I eat too much. I'm not happy. I'm supposed to be happy. Everything. I checked every little box. You had it. I had it all. Yeah. I had every little, I had the dog. I had everything. And why was I not happy? I must be even I just must be a really bad person inside is what I told myself. And of course I knew deep down that wasn't true. And I thought I'm, I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of these habits and patterns. And I knew enough that I really just needed to go in and dig deep inside. So I I dove deep into therapy and EMDR and anything I could get my hands on and even spiritual things and sound baths and spiritual retreats. But really deep into therapy and started to unravel things that I had no idea I was going to find out about myself. And the good part was I thought, wow, I'm not a bad person. I'm not this, you know, terrible person that I thought that I was that kept spending money or doing these things that made me feel really bad about myself. And I started to understand myself a lot better through that process, of course, as you know, but to live it and, and really become so much more compassionate for myself. I never had an ounce of compassion for myself. I didn't realize that until I I was faced with these things and 
really had to start loving myself and mm -hmm. and create boundaries around what was I available for? What was I not available for? Because people pleasing was a way that mm -hmm. I just sort of lived my life. And yeah, we've um, talked about that on here quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and so many people, so many women do that. So it sounds to me like you were living a lot of your earlier years, maybe in some perfectionism, like as long as you oh. just, you know, did everything just right. Oh, and yes. Is that, yeah, is that because you yes. got grades and you, and so you didn't start exhibiting some of those behaviors that really disturbed you until you were like 20, 25 years into your marriage. Is that? Yeah. You know, anxiety I, I think. In the corporate world, you know, there were a lot of red flags. I mean, I tolerated being mistreated. I tolerated things that I don't think that so many people, you know, would have tolerated. But to me, it was, oh, okay. So I have a job. I better not let this job go. It's the, what if I never get another job? Because I was, I was again raised, you know, you're just lucky to have that job. You, you know, you might not ever get another job. So I, I did things. I worked, you know, 18 hours, 20 hours, did whatever I had to do. Of course I got the promotion. Of course I did these things, right. I mean, you know, but at what cost? So yes, I did perfectionism, but control to the point of not being able to sleep at night because, you know, oh, I forgot to tell my husband to make the sandwich on white bread instead of wheat bread, you know, just intense. Everything. Control. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you had, I mean, there's a lot of things that you talk about, you know, based on like you said, in we said in your bio, like your past and your training and you had several topics. And the one that we thought we would kind of focus on a little bit is self-sabotage, like why we do it and how we can end it. Is that something that you did? Like you knew you were doing it or is it something you recognized in others? You know, how did that become something that was important to you to talk about? Yeah, no, I was the queen of self-sabotage. Um, and, and no, I didn't know until, until I thought, well, why do I keep racking up the credit cards, but keep getting a promotion and keep making more money? Why does that keep happening? Or, you know, my health or why, why is my health and my the stress level so, so high when I'm, I'm going to yoga, I'm reading that spiritual book, I'm doing these things. What's, what's wrong? I had no idea about trauma in my body or any of the things in my body or, or the behaviors that I had. So definitely I had to take a hard look at some of those behaviors and I did get really curious, but, you know, I think it was the beating myself up and really feeling so bad about myself. And now when I work with people, it's, you know, there's, there's these beliefs that we have about ourselves that aren't even true. And when we can go back in and find out why do we even believe that those things about ourselves? And, you know, Marissa Peer, who created the RTT hypnotherapy that, I, that I've studied, mm -hmm. she wrote a book called Tell Yourself a Better Lie. It's like, if we're going to tell ourselves these lies about ourselves, tell yourself a better lie. Some, some great, great, good one. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because this lie, like we're not good enough or, you know, you're not pretty enough or this enough or whatever enough because self-sabotage is so grounded in I'm not enoughness. And every, every habit we have is, you know, is, is preceded by this, this thought that we have and what is the thought? Is it even the truth or not? So that, that self-sabotage being grounded and I'm not enough, if we sabotage it, 
then we can blame it on that thing. We can blame it on whatever we do or we don't do instead of I'm not enough. And that's definitely what I did. I did it with food, relationships, money, and all the clients I see, they, you know, I'm, I, I procrastinate. I must be lazy. I must be all these things. Mm. And they're not. Well, what, I mean, help us like our watchers and listeners make, cause we, we hear the phrase, right. Self-sabotage and yeah. talked a lot about some of the things around it, but what might, like, how does somebody know that what, what might that behavior look like? Like, could you give us a quick like story or example of something someone might be doing that, that is a direct result? You know, what, what is that? What does it mean? And how do they know? How do we know if we're right. participating in it? Sure. Sure. So, I mean, some examples are common ones. I mean, when we, when we, create a behavior that gets in the way of the thing that we want. So procrastination is a big self-sabotaging common behavior, which, you know, for many people, you know, they, they believe they, Oh, I, I took too much on, or I did something when very often it's the fear of being seen or whatever it might be. But um, sleep, sleep is a huge way to sabotage our health where, you know, we're afraid or, or we have other things that come up, but we, we go to bed too late. We have all these behaviors. So sleep can sometimes be, you know, I, I avoid honoring my own needs. I avoid honoring the fact that I need to put myself first. I need to do these things. So procrastination, sleep, um, dating people that don't treat us well, loving relationships, poor health choices, how we spend our money or don't spend our money, um, you know, how we feel, what we say to ourselves, the words we say to ourselves can be so sabotaging and, you know, not understanding how our, our mind and our body responds to the words that we say. So there's what so might be, so it might be like, um, I'm up for a promotion and I just, I deprive myself of sleep. And then that promotion doesn't happen. And then the sleep is sort of a way to, I can just sort of blame it on that. Is a Well, yeah, when, when we, you know, I, I think first getting curious, when I get curious with a client, it's like, let's get, let's find out and ask, you know, in, in hypnosis and, and some of the exercise we're doing is let's find out the reason and the root cause and the reason of why you did that. <laughs> why, you know, what's the root cause and reason for maybe your lack of uh, sleep or you're not going to sleep or your poor habits or um, why, why you keep saying this or sabotaging these relationships? Why do you keep saying something you don't mean or mm -hmm. um, showing up late when you, you really know your boss keeps saying don't show up late or whatever that behavior is? Mm -hmm. So we get curious and we find out and typically what we'll find out is, you know, the, the, the reason, the root cause and the reason, which often will explain, well, you know, uh, there might've been a fear of going to sleep at a certain time because there was chaos. There was arguments at night. Who knows what the, the reason is, but unpacking it and finding out why is really, really important. So sleep is, sleep's an interesting one because it could go in so many ways, but sleep is often not putting our own needs first. I know for me that sleep, I sabotaged much of, of my life with sleep because 
everybody else's needs had to be put first. And also there was a lot of turmoil in my home as a child at night and I had to be hypervigilant at night. So that was one of the ways like, nope, I can't rest. I got to be very, very alert. So, you know, there was. And you were the oldest. Yeah. So there was the oldest. I'd gather my siblings. We'd go in my room and we'd hide. So, you know, going to sleep was not a safe thing. So finding out what, what's the root cause and the reason and digging that up and finding out. And I, um, I think that's so important because so often we're focusing on, well, I know I shouldn't procrastinate. I know I should get sleep. I know I should exercise. I know I should I begin these relationships. And we focus on that. But up here, it's not an issue of, I just need to get more motivated. No, we can't. We can't right. until we get to underneath. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the hypnotherapy and all this stuff does. It gets, especially if it's pre-linguistic, right? If it happens when we're small kids, we can't oh. verbalize it necessarily because we don't have the words for it. So all yeah. this stuff that is so basic that it's not even, well, let me describe it. It's, it's part of who we are. It and it's really that curiosity. Because once we do that, this stuff resolves. But so often yeah. we're focused on this stuff and it's just going to keep happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm working with someone right now and, and she's feeling like a, a failure in putting herself first and putting off exercise and putting off self-care. And as we got down to the beliefs, she's, her belief is that, well, no one can take care of my son better than I can. And she's like, you know, my husband won't do it. He won't do it. He won't do it. Wait, at the end of the day, he can't do it the way I do it. I'm the only one who can do it the best way. And that is rooted in a, in a real rooted in a child belief that she had from, you know, some childhood issues that she had. So, in, so she can dance all she wants. She could make her husband, you know, have her husband help out. She had a whole schedule where her husband was going to help out. At the end of the day, there was a voice and a part inside of her that was never going to let him help because there was a part that believed there was no way he was going to do it as part of certain that mama bear part of her was like, Oh, no way. Are you going to take care of our son? Because you can't do it as good as I can. And so that part is never going to let her go exercise and do yoga. It's like, Oh, I don't think so, honey. So we had to really help that part and make that part feel comfortable and safe and do a lot of work on that part and make a promise to that part. Like, look, if, if your son's not going to be taken care of, then don't worry, we won't go to yoga. But if he's going to be taken care of and this and that, then we've had to really negotiate with these parts to where they felt safe. So now she's like, okay, I have to talk to these parts of me. So they feel safe over and over and over and over and do lots of journaling and work. And now she's like, oh, okay, I get it. This part of me isn't ever going to go away. I just have to really understand it. And I'm not lazy and I'm not a control freak. I'm actually afraid, (laughs) you know, so there's layers. Right. And that's such a common, that control freak thing. And and I'm wondering too, because you said in, in, in your bio, and I looked a little bit, you know, on your website and things that uh, you, you help a lot of women. So do you see this self-sabotaging behavior more prominent in women or- you know, I, I mostly see women, but it's so prominent. And what I, what I see is so much self-judgment around it and, you know, so much blame and so much, um, yeah, so much judgment and I should do better 
or even the belief that, you know, I have so much to be grateful for. Why am I not happy? Why can't I just be happy with the good things I have? And why can't, why is this one thing in my life, you know, why can't I just be okay with it? Like they almost have to apologize for wanting to be more happy or wanting to be okay with something. And it's like, it's permission to just say, you know, you are allowed to be happy in all areas. And, you know, we, we can find a way for you to. You are, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what do you mean? Because you have, you know, this nice car or this or that you're, you don't get to love yourself and you don't get to relax at night and you don't get to ask for help and you, you, you have to be a people pleaser, you know, no. Um, so. Mm. Well, also do you find, because so much of this stuff is external, there's always that fear of it's all going to go away. So yeah, so I have a good car and a nice house and a good relationship. And it is, it actually is really good stuff, but I'm not good enough. And as soon as the world figures out, I'm not good enough. It's all being going to be taken away. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And And so many, you know, a lot of the clients I work with are executives and CEOs, lawyers, doctors, and many of them have this belief that I'm the only one that can do it, or I can't count on anyone. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm fiercely independent. That's, you know, this is who they are. And there's a part of them that's so lonely inside because this is how they've survived. And so it's finding out the part and helping them find the part and the belief that built their whole belief system around that and just breaking and softening and having compassion for themselves. And it's really a really awesome process. And hypnotherapy is a way to really go in and find out those beliefs so that they can really just see it and understand it and and say, wow, that's, that's why I believe. I mean, I know I've been really committed and dedicated and have a great work ethic, but I also have a great work ethic because I think I'm only good if I work or I have this title or I do this. There's Mm -hmm. actually other things that I can, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good actually, even if I, you know, work down at the little store down here, or if I chose to be a gardener or I would still be okay. I'd still Still be valuable and still worthy. Yeah, that's very hard for them to swallow. But when they in hypnosis, what's what's just so great in that place is to be able to see these moments in their life where they tagged themselves with that belief and to say, oh my goodness, I didn't know at five and at seven and at 10 and at 12, I actually determined and tagged myself with that belief. And now here I am at 48 or 35 or 75, and I still have the belief. Now I can see why why and where that came from and that isn't everything about me and i can see why i did it at that age it made sense i have so much more compassion now but i need to upgrade that belief just like i upgrade my phone or my computer i need to upgrade it i'm not seven that's I don't a great way to look place. at it yeah yeah and people accept it when we say it that way because i don't know about you i get annoyed every time i have to update my phone but it's like yeah it's a little bit better now you know, you know it's what, it's scary too, because it's like, it'll be a little it's bit different. True. And <laughs> true. What, what parts will surface when I'm least expecting it? Will it be a different voice? You know, yes. now, Michelle and Gracie, have either of you ever gone through hypnotherapy? Oh yeah. Love it. Absolutely. Love it. 
Yeah. And I have training in neuro neurolinguistic programming, NLP. Uh-huh. I knew you did. And oh, and one of the things that I discussed because I had a fantastic mentor, how many of my clients had a core belief that they were worth less? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we're taught. We're worthless than other people, worthless than other people's time, worthless than things, worthless than tasks, worth it. So no matter how worthy we are and we can acknowledge it, look at all these things I've accomplished, I'm still worth less than this stuff. And so, yes. yeah, I've gone through hypnotherapy myself. Like, love it. Had the NLP training. Love it. Anybody who hasn't experienced it, I really recommend it. Have it's, you, Michelle? Yes, it's fantastic. No, uh-uh. I, I wouldn't even know where to find it. Are you, are you like, <laughs> I'm like intrigued. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, aren't you? Yes. I'm intrigued. I, but I, I didn't realize. Yes. Yeah. Can you do it? Can you do it virtually? I almost all my sessions I do virtually. I have clients all over the world. And so it's, it's fascinating. And, and I know it's, it is becoming a lot more mainstream, if you will, in terms of people understanding that it's, you're not going to be put in a trance or lose control. I don't think anybody would sign up for that. Nobody would I want would. that. <laughs> Let me just lose control. No, but um, yeah, it's done virtually. It's just as effective as in person. About ninety-five percent I see virtually. And it, um, yep. I was no, just go ahead. Add, like because I have done EMDR before. Like the difference between EMDR and um, hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. Like is there like real what's the difference yeah I've done both too I've uh, as a patient I've I've done both you know the I'm not an EMDR EMDR therapist just been on the patient end of it the only thing that I see that's similar is in terms of the programming and the using you know eye movement and, and rewiring and reprogramming Um, And I'm sure there's many other similarities and differences, but with hypnotherapy, once we get to the root cause, so many times I know with EMDR, I had to find a trauma and go back to that over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Many times clients will just say, I don't, I have no idea. Yeah. My parents got divorced. Maybe I got a car accident. Maybe that's why I, I, you know, I have Mm -hmm. nightmares. I don't know. So they often have their, they've just completely disassociated from it and, and don't have any idea, or I just feel lousy. I want to feel better. Could this help me? And so we're going back to just moments. We're piecing together these scenes and moments and creating this narrative and story where they get to build and see where they created these beliefs and the rewiring and re-imprinting is I create a custom audio recording for them to listen to for a minimum of 21 days. It's about 15, 20 minutes. And that's the rewiring, saying something over and over and over where the mind learns by repetition. And there are parts of that and certain techniques I've noticed with EMDR when, when I'm having it done, I'll say, oh, we do that um, you know, over and over and going to your happy place and things like that. Oh, very cool. Yes, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. I am so intrigued too. Like I am, well, we'll talk about it later, but you know, there's an issue in my life that, that I've worked on many times and it just keeps resurfacing. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting, you know, to delve maybe a little bit deeper. So, yes. so tell us as, as we kind of wrap up and get toward our end of time. So we talked about, you know, you give us some great like examples and insight into self-sabotage and why we do it. 
how can we get on the path to not do it? Does it have to do with, I mean, hypnotherapy, the transformational coaching? What are you recommending to us? Yeah, a couple of things, you know, find out, you know, find out the limiting beliefs, however you find them out. What are the limiting beliefs? What are the lies or the things that you believe about yourself that you believe are the truth and reframe and, and rewire them? And understanding is power. Once you understand something, you can't ununderstand it. You, you, once you know Santa Claus isn't true, you don't have to go back to every moment you ever thought he was true. You just know he's not true anymore. So once you know something, you just know this about yourself and you feel differently. So, and it's never, you know, self-compassion. Yes, we know we should love ourselves, but how we speak to ourselves. So praising ourselves, letting it in, but the words, our mind responds to the words and pictures that we, we give ourselves. And so often we are saying things like this job is killing me. This migraine is going to blow my mind, or these kids are, you know, killing me, things like this. These are profound. Our body saying, Oh, okay, well, I'll give you a flu. You don't need to go to work this week. It's killing you. So you know, really, what are you saying to yourself? It, it's, it's not really killing you. You might say, this is a blip. This is a blip. This is a moment. This is a, this is a difficult time, but I'm going to move through it. And by Friday, I'm going to get to rest. So praising yourself, letting praise in is a big one. What are you saying to yourself? And boundaries, you know, internal and external boundaries. So mm -hmm. what are you, what are you, what are you available for? And what are you not available for? What are you okay with? What are you not okay with? Once you start that self-love, it's a yeah. lot easier to have boundaries. We always think boundaries are the ability to say no to your mother-in-law or no, I don't <laughs> want to go to that party, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's really just, I'm not available for that and, and preserving your energy, but, and, and all of this helps with self-sabotage, but, but the words and pictures you use really can help to build that and avoid that self-sabotage. That's it. We need you more than 30 minutes. I mean, that was <laughs> good. Just, that was just not enough time. Um, I, I love hearing about your story, seeing how you came through it. These great examples you gave us. And even just those few tips are super helpful. You know, those limiting beliefs and rewiring and loving yourself and the message of taking care of yourself and, and, and those things we say, cause you're right. We say it all the time. Like my head is killing me. My head is going to explode. Right. You know, we say it and all the time. We do. This traffic is, you know, the worst thing that I've ever had in my life. And in our, our mind, our body, everything's connected. It's listening. And, you know, what if you just said, think about when you say positive things, how much it changes, how you feel. So yeah. it's, it's really powerful. Yeah, it really is. Well, gosh, Michelle, Gracie, y'all have anything else for lovely Christina? Oh, I'm just so glad to meet you and know that you're a resource yes. out there. Thank and you. I would love to talk about the, at some point, talk about the Reiki and boundaries around energy and all yes. that other stuff too. That'd be yeah. great. So can we have you back? Is that the yeah, I'd love kinda, it. Yeah. <laughs> Personal professional note as well. Yeah, I agree. That's wonderful. I'd love it. What about you, Michelle? Anything? And so you're putting all of your contact information on the website, right? On our on notes yes. page. I'm gonna okay, send wonderful. Nope, that's all, all I need. <laughs> yeah. I really am intrigued because it, 
you know, and I think we've talked about this so much, you know, we talked about this when we recorded the other day, just that we, the three of us and you as well, we live in this world, you know, we have access to a lot of these resources, we're interested in it. And, and, but a lot of people don't. But beyond that, I'm thinking for so many years, I have had access to all of these things. I've been part of this world. But a lot of times I would just teach it and not do it. You know, like do what I say and not what I do. But lately I've been really trying to incorporate like mindfulness and meditation. And I'm like, this really helps. I know, I know. Like all of the things, you know, the getting back to counseling. So I've never, never dipped my toe into the hypnotherapy world, but Michelle, you and I will, will chat and get connected up with Christine. Now you have a connection. Because <laughs> I'm the same way with Michelle. I'm like, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know either. You know, I, I wouldn't know. So, but it's always the right timing. You know, for me, it's always God's timing about being connected when you're exactly. open, open exactly. to those things. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening, watching wherever you are. We always ask to please continue to rate and download and comment. And we always want to make sure when we have guests on that we are showing them the love and giving some comments, whether it's on the show notes, Facebook, YouTube, wherever it is that you're listening or watching. So let Christina know how much what she talked about today meant to you. All of her information will be in the show notes. You can contact her. And remember, she said almost all of her clients are virtual. So check her out so you can stop those self-sabotaging beliefs and all of the other things that she talks about. So, Christine, I don't know if you know, but at the end of our show, we we have an opening that's pre-recorded. So you may not have been able to hear that. But when we close, then what we say is, I will say until next time. And we will all say, consider yourself hugged. Got it? Sounds good. I got it. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so until we're together next time, consider, consider yourself, yourself hugged. hugged. <laughs> that was really good, Christina.